Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. (laughs) Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Behind the Steel Curtain co-editor Dave Schofield coming at you with another somewhat geeky episode of some numbers and some things associated with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to look at the last game. We're going to look uh, what the Steelers need to do going forward. We're going to look at their upcoming matchup, answer a quick question, and uh, let's just see if we can get this train back on track of what's going on here recently with the Steelers. They are now in the midst of a two-game losing streak after their franchise record winning streak to begin a season, the Steelers are at 11 and two, which is way better than a lot of people predicted them to be, including some of the most optimistic ones of us whenever the Steelers started this season. I mean, I, I thought I was going way out on a limb when I had the Steelers at 12 and four. Um, they're one went away from matching that. And the other thing that's interesting with 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 that prediction was you got to look at the games that the Steelers were picked to win and lose and everything else going into this this season. And this past week against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, this was one that I had chalked up as a loss. I did. I admit I did not pick the Steelers to win this game going into the the regular season. Now, and people were saying, well, why did you pick him to win the game? Uh, yeah, I picked him to win the game because in this situation, because one, things change. We know that the Steelers um, 
were having a very good season. But you know what? So are the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they really do. They really are having a good, solid season. Uh, they're now 10-3. and three. They're only one game back from the Steelers in the, in the AFC standings. And um, I'm trying to think of how many games they've, they've won in a row now. They've won. They, they had a very late bye week. Their bye week was in week 11. Don't, I know, don't get me started on the bye week. Um, I'll, I might come back to that for a moment. Um, but they, they had a loss to the Cardinals going into their bye week, a very tough loss where they lost by two points. And, um, since then they've won off three straight wins. Um, they, they beat the chargers. They won in San Francisco and then they won at home against the Steelers. So, they they are a team that's playing well. They had a, their own two game losing streak in the middle of the season, but they they fell to the Titans pretty bad. Um, that was after the Titans were coming off their whole fiasco and coming off their bye with everything that happened with them and when the Steelers were supposed to play them. And of course, the Bills also lost. They lost to the Chiefs, but they only they only surrendered twenty six points in that game. They just didn't score enough against the Chiefs or the Titans. O- other than that, this is a team, especially their offense. I mean, they lost the Chiefs. The next week, they 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 beat the Jets by scoring six field goals. Ever since then, their offense has started to wake up a little bit more. They've rolled off, you know, twenty four points against the Patriots, forty four points against the Seahawks, uh, thirty points in a loss to the Cardinals, and then twenty seven against the Chargers, thirty four against the Niners, and twenty six against Pittsburgh. And in looking some of the, at some of the stats. The Bills did exactly, almost exactly how you would almost expect them to do in that game, especially offensively, when it really came down to it. Because when when I broke down their numbers from last week, they were the third best offense, passing offense, in the league, where they were averaging 276 yards per game through the air. Net passing yards, the Steelers had them, they held them to 230. So they held them to significantly less. A lot of that was due, in fact, to the first half where the Steelers held them to barely over 100 points in offense. Then you also look at look at uh, rushing the ball. Buffalo rushed for just barely over 100 yards. They didn't have anyone, any one player go over 50. But they, they rushed for over 100 yards combined with 104 yards, and they'd been averaging 102 and a half. So... 102.4 to be precise. So they rushed the ball right about what you would expect them to. Didn't pass the ball as well. They had the, the Steelers turned them over twice, which was slightly better than what their average because they weren't they weren't up to where they had more than more than um 24 turnovers. They only had 17 going into the game. Now they're at 19. So they were averaging less than two turnovers a game. So they held them. They they either had to go under at one or over at two, and they were over. Um, so there was a lot of things. I mean, even a total yards, 334 yards is what the Bills had on the game. And that's there. They were 10th in the league and going into the game with with three with almost 379. So the Steelers held them to, to significantly less. The problem wasn't what the defense did against the the prolific Bills offense. The problem was what the Steelers offense did against the Bills defense. Because even if you look at points, Buffalo had been averaging 27 and three quarter points. They scored 26. 
Well, six of them were at the hands of the offense. The defense only gave up 20 points. So they held them under, uh, under what they normally did. So it's not that the defense did a bad job uh, or the Bills did more than what they typically did against an, other teams when it came to the Steelers. The Steelers just didn't match them offensively. You know, the, I mean, the, the Steelers, I mean, they had, they're average, but going into the game, they're, they were only averaging 92.6 yards a game and they uh, rushing and they rushed for less than 50 again. It was 47. So there was that aspect of it. Then you look at, I mean, even the net passing yards, 177 net passing yards where the Steelers have been averaging 252, you know, total yards, 220. I mean, the Steelers, that was 120 yards less than what they had been averaging going into the game. You can't deny that the shortcomings against Buffalo had to do with the Steelers offense and not the Steelers defense. That's what the statistics show. That is definitely what the statistics show. And I mean, and the Steelers were averaging what, just like Buffalo, almost 28 points a game, almost 28 points a game. And what, and what did they come up with? 15. And that's the trend that we've seen with the Steelers lately is that the, the, the point totals have been getting less and less and less. And frankly, it, the Steelers are, are are lucky they're not riding a three-game losing streak. You know, it, it really helped to get that defensive touchdown against Baltimore. So that's what's going on with, with that team. And if, if you didn't see it, Jeffrey Benedict and I did, broke down um, the slight adjustment that made a huge difference for the Bills the first two drives of the second half. And that was that they switched Stefan Diggs to the other side of the field almost exclusively. And that's when he opened up and, and got – and was catching all those passes. They got him away from Steven Nelson. And the one time they brought him back over to Steven Nelson is when Nelson slipped and Diggs ended up with a touchdown. Other than those two drives, he was held in check almost the whole game, other than the 23-yard game, which gain, which helped them get a field goal in the first half. Um, and that was because Nelson did what he did, played off, let him catch short, came up to make the tackle. And it just so happens the way Minka Fitzpatrick hit Diggs as well after Nelson went to get him down, he actually helped stand him up, which helped him then break free and rumble for 23 yards. So that was kind of what how things are going. And if you look at it, it kind of embodies some of the stuff that's been going on for Pittsburgh. And that is they had been, when things went bad, it was in a way that they that it was enough to overcome, but there wasn't a lot of things stacking up that went bad. This one, just things didn't go the right way for them against a very good quality team. It's got Steelers Nation's confidence at, probably at an all-time low after, after this one. But you have to remember, the Steelers dropped the last two games. The number to remember now is 12. Um that they have played, they had to play three games in 12 days. Now, I outlined this in, in a different article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which is your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And in that article, what I outlined is yes, almost every team plays three games in 12 days at some point during the season. Because if you have a Sunday, Sunday, Thursday game, that's 12, that, there's your 12 days, three games, 12 days, Sunday, Sunday, Thursday. Almost every team has that schedule at some point. The problem is when they have, when you have that schedule, you're going, you play on Sunday, you have a normal week and then a short week. 
the Steelers had, even before the first game started, an extremely abnormal week where their game was moved three times. Then they had to play on a short week, another short week for then that for that third game with the Bills. And yes, teams go Monday to Sunday all the time. Any team that plays Monday Night Football, unless they're going into a bye, they're turning around and playing the next Sunday. That's a very common layoff but of only having those five off days in between. But the thing that you have to remember is that you get that coming off of a regular week. They don't they don't put you on Monday night off of a off of another short week in front of that. So back to back short weeks really I think paid its toll not not just it, it it's funny it, it you try to minimize things as much as you can. And as the as the Steelers did, you minimize it was too many things to minimize where you could do it some but the compound effect you really saw. For example, Ben Roethlisberger did not play, um, not, not, did not play, sorry, did not practice before he played against Washington. It was the second time this season he didn't practice. The other one was against the Cincinnati Bengals, which we'll get to that one, um, because of some COVID issues um, where he was a close contact. So you come into to that Washington game without Ben practicing at all because they felt the need, it was more important for him to recover than it was to change their game plan. Unfortunately, they really needed to change some stuff with their game plan going up against who I believe is the best defense that they faced this season in the Washington football team. So I'm really glad, and and Coach Tomlin is really glad you could tell that this stretch of games is over. They are very much welcoming what they call a normal week, although they actually get the extra day. So they kind of had a bonus practice on Wednesday. They didn't have to do an injury report. There was a photograph of Joe Hayden actually in hel- in his helmet at practice. The team is supposedly actually going to practice in pads, which is something they haven't been able to do for a very long time. And you're like, but they had that big layoff with Baltimore. Yeah, but they weren't planning on having it. They were run- They ran their shortened week of practices, preparing to go from Sunday to Thursday. So they didn't practice in pads or anything. Then that gets bumped, and they and they did the wise thing and gave players time off over Thanksgiving. Then they come back because they're going to be playing Sunday. Then they're not playing Sunday. You don't want to get in pads that close to the game, you know. So they didn't. There was no padded practices leading up to Baltimore. No padded practices leading up to Washington, and they didn't have any padded practices because it was short week again going up against Buffalo. So they're getting back into some normalcy here. Hopefully they can regain some fire and regain some spark. But as you'll see after our break, this is the team to do it against. But before we do, I want to get into the one to, to the user question before I turn over to, to the, to breaking down everything with facing the Cincinnati Bengals for the second time this year. And that was, I really wish I could give credit to who asked me this. I'm, it was in, I'm fairly certain it was in the comment section of an article, and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. And then I couldn't find it again to give him credit. So I'm sorry if this is your question. I'll get it. I'll I'll if you email me and let me know, I'll give you credit next time. But um I had done a series of articles as the Steelers were going through their their win streak uh, once they got to the to the eighth game on, I think, and it was about the historical significance of their streak. 
and somebody asked the question, all right, you laid out how well these teams did when they, when they reached these records. What about the ones that didn't do well? Instead of looking at the, at the, at the good side of things, what about the bad side of things? So I'm like, okay, we'll look at teams that started 11 0. Um, sorry, 11 and 0. I'm going to keep this down to just post-merger since 1970. There were 11 teams that finished, not finished. There were, there were 10. Now I said, I'm saying 11 teams that finished 9 and 0. I got it backwards. My numbers are flipped. I, there were nine teams that finished. No, there were 11 teams that finished 11 and 0. Um, wait. That also includes the Pittsburgh Steelers, I have to admit. So out of these teams that 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 have started 11 and 0, they're how did they all end up? Well, they all made the playoffs just like the Steelers did this year. And five teams went on to win the Super Bowl, while four teams went to, on to lose the Super Bowl. So it was 11, not including the Steelers. I'm sorry. I might my, my, my for some reason I couldn't read my handwriting, but we got it all straightened out now. Five teams won the Super Bowl, four teams lost the Super Bowl. The other two teams lost their first playoff game. They lost in the divisional round of the playoffs. So you have that risk also when you start off that strong that the one and done is still there. Now, for both of these teams, they lost in the divisional round because they didn't play in the wild card round. And the reason they didn't play in the wild card round, one was because there were two buys, although I'm pretty sure both of these teams were the number one seed. Yes, I can tell you. Both of these teams were the number one seed. The thing is, even the Steelers at eleven and two, who would have thought that you know eleven and two is going to have you chasing some um, somebody else with a better record in the conference? So those two teams were the were the two thousand eleven Green Bay Packers, who then lost in the divisional round of the playoffs to the New York Giants, who ultimately went on to win the Super Bowl. The other team that started eleven and zero and did not make the Super Bowl and lost in the divisional round, was the 2005 Indianapolis Colts. And we Steeler fans should know exactly what happened with those 2005 Indianapolis Colts. Um, they they hosted the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, and the Steelers came in and took care of business. That was a crazy game. You know, Vander Jack missed the field goal to tie it, and the Steelers went on to win the Super Bowl. So that's a little bit of interesting information. With of these 11 teams, of these 11 teams prior to the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, every single one of them either won the Super Bowl or, or, or lost to the Super Bowl winner. Because both those teams that were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs lost to the team that ultimately won the Super Bowl. So just a little bit of information. So for the most part, those teams have gone on to be successful. Two of them, two of those 11, we're one and done. So that's just something that someone wanted to know. It's not like we want to talk doom and gloom. It was just a question. So I answered it. So I think I got my numbers a little bit better together. Can't believe I couldn't read my handwriting on how many of those uh, teams there were. But we got it. It's all together. And we're going to take a quick break right now. And when we come back, we're going to break down um, the rankings of the Steelers versus the Bengals. And not only that, we're going to look at how they've changed since the last time these two teams faced off 
back on November 15th in week 10 of the NFL season in Pittsburgh. We'll, we'll kind of see how they've evolved since then. So stick around. We'll be right back after this commercial break. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, we are back here with the Steelers Stat Geek. This is Dave Schofield, co-editor behind the Steel Curtain, coming at you, ready to talk about this matchup coming up against the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday Night Football at Paul Brown Stadium in front of some fans, is from what I understand, and because that's they they still have them in the state of Ohio. Good for them. It's kind of weird listening to games without fans. Um, that was that was kind of nice to hear the crowd. Um, for those anyone who would have watched the game Monday night between the Ravens and the Browns, that was pretty interesting. But I, I have some breakdowns of it's the typical rundown that I do with the with both teams going into the matchup. But since these teams played in Week Ten, we have something to compare to. Now you could probably figure out the biggest change in these two teams in that time. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to sit there. I, I'd love to. If if this was a live YouTube show, I would be, you know, asking this as trivia or getting a response from the live chat. But I can't kind of build up the effect because right now you're just listening to me, unfortunately. But as you could probably believe, the the biggest change is the Pittsburgh Steelers' rushing offense has dropped from 19th in the NFL, which averaged 109 yards per game to 31st in the NFL of 89.1 yards per game. 89.1 yards per game rushing. That is what the Steelers are looking at right now. So, and, of course, dropping with that is the yards per carry, which has dropped from 4 to 3.66. Now, So that's a big drop for the Steelers. Um, but, honestly, the rushing attack for Cincinnati has dropped off well as well um, because they were 23rd at – at uh, at over a hundred yards, at one hundred one point three yards, and now they're down to to twenty ninth, just ahead of the Steelers at ninety two point three yards per game. So that's a big drop off. And the other big drop off you can expect. We'll just look at the Bengals' big drop off. How about uh, passing offense? Yeah, since they've lost Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati Bengals have gone from the tenth best passing offense when it comes to yards. Uh, in the NFL when they were at 260.6 yards a game, they are now down to 23rd with with 227 yards per game. They have really fallen off the map with that. That's that's dropped their, of course, dropped their total offense from 17th to 29th. So that's the big drop-off that they have. But what's interesting, there's another drop-off that they've had that I should probably mention. And that comes in the takeaway and turnover department. We'll, we'll get to that when, when we go to go to break them all down. So let's break it all down. 
So I kind of mentioned the pass offense for the Bengals. They're 23rd in the NFL. The Steelers are actually improved from the last time these teams met. They're up to 16th at 246.5. Um, that's down from last week uh, where the Steelers came in at 14th because they did not have a very um, big passing attack last week either. The offense was just down in general. I think we all know that. So that's where the, that's where the offenses look there. Um, they, neither team is successful with rushing the football. Um, the Bengals are barely over 90 yards a game, and the Steelers are, are under 90 yards a game. And their averages are, are 3.66 yards per carry for the Steelers, which is 31st, and 3.77 yards per carry with the Bengals, which is 29th. So neither team is running the ball effectively. Um, total yardage, the Steelers are 23rd, while the Bengals are 29th. The big difference is the points. The Steelers, who were really high up there not very long ago, but, you know, they were, they were what was it? Um, I don't think I did points back when I was doing this. This was one that I've added since. But the Steelers have been gradually falling off the last three weeks because they haven't hit 20 points over the last three games. So they're down to 12th in the NFL, averaging 26.8, which if you remember, after they played Cincinnati, they were averaging over 30 points a game. So that's how much they've they've fallen off um, over these last several weeks with the only real somewhat decent offensive output being the 27 points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, but Cincinnati, they're 30th in points scored. They're only averaging 18.8 points a game. You heard me, 18.8 points a game. Um, In fact, they struggled so much. I mean, they... They only scored nine points against the Washington football team in week 11, the week after they played the Steelers. That's when Joe Burrow went down in that game. They did manage to score 17 points against the Giants, but in the last two weeks against the Dolphins and the Cowboys, they've only scored seven points each game. So their offensive output has fallen off significantly um, without Joe Burrow. So that's that's one of the, the things you're looking at. Now, when it comes to defense, the Steelers – are they've they've kind of made a little bit of a of a jump since they played the Bengals the last time. They're up to second in the NFL in pass defense at uh 191.7 yards per game. Um they were at fifth when they played the Bengals the last time. Where the Bengals, they're just about the same. They were 23rd the last time they played. They're 22nd now um when it comes to pass defense. But that's that's like their best. For the, for the Bengals is the, is 22nd in the pass defense. The Steelers, they're rush D, they're sixth in the league. They're they're allowing just over 100 yards per game to 100.9, where the Bengals are 28th in the league, allowing 131.9 yards uh, per game, which is actually lower. Um, they're, they're they're the same rank, but it's a little bit a few fewer yards per game than what they were than the last time that these two teams played. Uh, the the yards per attempt, the Steelers are are defense is eleventh. They're giving up over four yards a play or a, a rush with four point one eight, while the Bengals are twenty eighth in that one as well, which is four point six five. The total yards. This is overall defense. This would be total defense. The Steelers are third in the NFL, just over three hundred yards a game. The Bengals are twenty fourth with uh, three eighty two, and then points. The Steelers points wise, they're first in the NFL. 
They are only giving up 18.2 points per game while the Bengals are giving up 26. So that's what's interesting. The Steelers only give up 18.2 points a game. The Bengals only score 18.8 points a game. Those are things that are lined up pretty pretty even. The Steelers score 26.8 points a game. The Bengals give up 26.0 points a game. Um, if you wanted to look at a final score of 26 to 18, that's right around their averages <laughs> of what each of them does and what the other one gives up. So that's kind of interesting. Let's let's hit the key, the, the key statistics. We the Steelers are still leading the NFL in sacks with 45. They had their league, they, they had their sorry, not their league, their game low last week, where they only had the one. Should have had to because that was really a forced fumble by Cam Sutton. Um, a lot of people were screaming why Tomlin didn't challenge it. And the problem was he might have been instructed there was no clear recovery because that's that's one of those things because, you know, they, you can say there's a clear recovery, but if the whistle was blown way, 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 way before the ball's actually recovered, that's that's really difficult to judge. You know, if it's if the whistle's blown and as someone's covering up, that's different. But there, the argument could be made that teams heard the whistle and they stopped. And you want players to stop at the whistle. So that was kind of one of those tricky things they couldn't really get back. Um, hey, it is what it is. But the Steelers, so they still have the 45 sacks. They did give up a sack this past game. That's the first time they've given one up. Um, in four games, but they're still first in the NFL, only giving up 11 sacks on the season. So the Steelers are first and first in those two categories. The Bengals, yeah, they're 30th in sacks for the year. They've only got 15 sacks. When they went into the Steelers game, they had 11 sacks. So they've only gotten four sacks over the last how many games, however many games that was, uh, four games. So they're only averaging one sack a game uh, since they played the Steelers. And then when you're talking about sacks surrendered, they were, the Bengals were 26th before. No, that's not, I'm looking at the wrong. They were tied for 30th before. I looked at the wrong number with 28. And now they are 31st with 46. So they have surrendered. What did I say it was? 28. <laughs> they have surrendered 18 sacks over the last four games. So that's quite, you know, that is a big discrepancy there is what I would say. But then when you look at the takeaways, the Steelers are tied for first in the NFL in takeaways with 25. Um, they're tied with the Dolphins, where the, where the Bengals are tied for 29th with 12. And they've gotten three over the last four games because they, they, were, they were 17th where they had nine takeaways nine takeaways when they played previously. And then last but not least in turning the ball over, the Steelers are tied for sixth in the NFL. They have 14 turnovers where the Bengals are tied for 27th where they have had 22. So if you look at some of these st key statistics, this is the big difference. The Steelers get to the quarterback and don't surrender sacks. The Bengals don't get to the quarterback and they do surrender sacks. The Steelers take the ball away and they don't have a lot of takeovers, takeovers, turnovers, sorry, where the, where the Bengals don't take the ball away and they do have a lot of turnovers. I mean, that's, it's crazy when you think about it, that they have 10, they are minus 10 while the Steelers are plus 11 when it comes to um, turnover margin. So that's the numbers breakdown for, for this game. 
I said it Tuesday night on our podcast is this game really is not about the Cincinnati Bengals. This is all about the Pittsburgh Steelers coming back and riding the ship. This is, this is a great game here because you have an opponent you are familiar with. You're going to a stadium you go to every year. So you're going on the road. That shouldn't be a problem. You're going into a familiar stadium. You're going against a, a team who the basically all this team had for that going for them the last time these two played these two teams played was their young quarterback and he's out he's he's done for the season so this is a game for the Pittsburgh Steelers to get back on track but you also have to remember that this is also a game that if things don't go well for the Steelers then you definitely know things are in trouble but i'm not thinking that way I'm going to be optimist. I'm going to say the Steelers find a way to get this win. I don't know if they're going to cover the enormous point spread. We'll have to see about that. I don't think the problem will be the defense when it comes to that. I think it will be, will the offense score enough points? But it would be really great to see this offense get back on a roll a little bit, do the things that they do, show why this team started the season 11-0, and say, hey, we are getting ready to head into the postseason. Um, let's lock up pretty much where where, where the, our our seating is going to be. And if we're not going to get that by, then maybe the best thing that could happen for this Pittsburgh Steelers team is to make that week 17 matchup against the Cleveland Browns not matter. So that's the numbers going into it. I'm hoping that everything's going to be all peachy keen coming out of things Monday night. Um, I'm either going to be, there we go, or, oh no, they're in trouble. And it's not just about winning the game. As as Jeff Hartman said in 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 Let's Ride, the style points are going to matter here. It's not just the Steelers can't just get by with just a a narrowly fought win, um, or an, however I say it, just you know, fighting for 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 just a narrow victory, because you want to have that confidence. Although it is kind of uh, crazy thinking how the narrative is. You know, the Steelers play one of the best offenses in the league. And they only give up 26 points, six of which was where the defense scored. And they're a team in trouble where uh, their week 17 opponent loses a game by surrendering, what what was it, 47 points, 46 points? I'm trying to remember what the final score of that was. Um, I think it was 47 points. Um, and then all of a sudden, that means they're a team on the rise. I'm like, you gave up 47 points. If you say that's a team on the rise... I guess we have a different measuring stick, but that's not what it's about right now. Right now it's the Pittsburgh Steelers taking care of business. So with that, I want to thank you for tuning in. Make sure you are checking out on our audio platform, all that we have to offer. We're going to have a, our Christmas memories um, segment going. I'm pretty sure by the time this airs, we will already have one from Jeff Hartman. I'll be having one right around the corner. Um, those are just going to be kind of fun. Some talking about Christmas in general with in our households and how it also ties to this. So thank you very much for tuning in. But most importantly, thanks for geeking out with me. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. 
Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.